I had a um an intro idea, a little brief thing, if you'll indulge me. Um, turkey for you, turkey for me. Let's eat. I already fucked it up. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> no, I already fucked it up. Oh, my song that's so important to me. Look what you've done. Turkey for the girls and turkey for the boys. My favorite kind of pants are corduroys. People thought this was the funniest shit you've ever heard. Gobble, gobble, goo. Gobble, gobble, giggle. I wish turkey only costs a nickel. Oh, I love turkey on Thanksgiving. It's going off. With rap critic Muse, and I'm so sorry you had to hear that. But hey, look, you know we all have the songs that bring us back to that to that moment in time, you know. And I can't 100% say in honesty, in earnest, that the Thanksgiving song by Adam Sandler is that song for oh, me. Oh, he's son of a bitch! <laughs> Bringing Adam Sandler's name back into this podcast. <laughs> I'm not even exaggerating. I don't know if it's like that down here, but when I was in New Jersey, they would play that song on like morning zoo crew radio shows, like on like the day before Thanksgiving or on like I would hear it all the fucking time, dude. And it didn't help that it was on one of the CDs of which I owned. So, you know, inevitably would run into it every so often. We've got Rev in the house. How do you feel about Adam Sandler's movies? <laughs> we're not talking about the movies. We're talking about the albums. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. How do you feel about Adam Sandler's albums, uh, the the comedic masterpieces that they are? Classics. Uh, hold them in the same regard as, like, you know, Illmatic, low-end theory. Yeah, remember that one time he did an <laughs> offensive Mexican person's voice? And then the other time when he did, like, an offensive other type of person's voice? <laughs> Yeah, I've patterned my whole career based off those uh, impressions, actually. Rev is constantly on the run from people who are saying, Hey, isn't that from that one? And before they even get the fucking name out, you're just on to the next town. Like, oh no, they've caught wise. Yeah. They fucking did this joke on Chippy Chubby and they already realized it was from uh, What's Your Name? The quintessential Adam Sandler album from what? 96, 97? Too bad. I gotta, I gotta split. Yeah, exactly. I gotta get the fuck out of Dodge. But you know, Adam Sandler is just a give that keeps on giving, you know? So there's so many impressions mm-hmm. that he's done throughout the years that I can always just adapt to a new thing based off of mm-hmm. an offensive impression he's done in the past so people don't really talk about those albums enough so at this point i think if you were to exactly recite a skit from one of those albums word for word i don't think anyone would know what you were doing did either of you even know that i was singing an adam sandler no, song i didn't know until you said it <laughs> i didn't even know adam sandler had albums I really do think his albums are like a, a, what's the word? Uh, Classic. Uh, a, a wasteland of just like awful comedy. I, I recently had gotten into a podcast where they were going through like Adam Sandler's movies. And then when they got to the end of his movies, they started listening to his albums. And I was just like, you know, I'd always only seen the movies, you know, as a kid. And it's like, oh yeah, of course that's the movie that you see when you're in fourth grade with your friends. You, you go see little Nikki at the sleepover, you know, whatever. And like, I'd always know it was there. I had never heard like the full albums of just ridiculously unfunny material where it's just like, I, is that the joke? 
is that the only joke you had? Like, just doing, uh, uh, oh, a uh, recess teacher gets beat up or something like that. Just like, that's all you had for a minute and a half? And then, oh, now uh, the, the Spanish teacher gets beat up. Yeah? Isn't this comedy? It fucking works for you when you're in sixth grade, dude. I don't know what you're talking about. We, we fucking ate that shit up. <laughs> Honestly, I, I don't know enough about Adam Sandler. To, to really comment. All I remember is that as a kid, I definitely enjoyed the, what was it? The the whole nine yards or the longest yard, whatever it was called. Of all the Adam Sandler comedies to name, that was the one that came up for you? <laughs> That's the one that I actually recalled watching and I remember liking it because, I don't know, I liked football. Fucking jock. Yeah, I mean, I, I just remember liking it because I was a huge Chris Rock fan. Nelly was in it, and I was like, oh, shit. Like, how many times have you been, Chris Rock is in this movie? I've got to see it. Like, how many times has that really happened for you, you know? You know what? It has happened, because uh, what wasn't, um, like, Madagascar. R- was that one you were like, uh, David Schwimmer, and I might not check. Wait, wait, Chris Rock. Oh, he's going to be giving his comedic stylings to this uh, children's movie. Gotta check this one out. This is gonna be the next Shrek. Right, but even as a kid, I was just like, yeah, I, I loved the the voices that both Eddie Murphy and Chris Rock would do. They had like these very they do have very distinct voices. Like yeah, like very animated. Specific, like uh, I don't want to say like the ranting angry guy voice that. Eddie Murphy and Chris Rock both get into like th- there's a Chris Rock that sounds like this when he's very reserved and then it's like the one that thought like this get it out you know what I mean so as a kid especially I already love animation you you know just in general you can put me in front of any animated movie and I'll be interested but if you also you're telling me Chris Rock is voicing one of the characters then that's gonna sell me even further uh and that was the case with Madagascar. And one other thing I wanted to say about the long, longest yard, if I recall correctly, like a, a few members of D12 were in it. it. It was a really weird lineup. They had Terry Crews. They had Joey Diaz. Uh, they had members of D12, Nelly, Chris Rock. Like it's all over the place. It's, it, it's kind of like with Mystery Men where there's like randomly Goody Mob is in that movie. What's, what's so funny about Mystery Men is that the song All Star by Smash yes. Mouth is from Mystery Men, but everyone associates it with Shrek. But if you go back and you watch the music video, it's chock full of Mystery Men shit. Yep. Can you imagine what people today must think when they go back and watch the music video for All Star? They don't know what the fuck is going on, why any of these people are in this music video, or what they're doing. Did he cook in this video? What the fuck is happening? When was the first time you heard that song, by the way, All-Star? Where were you when you first heard All-Star? Yeah, where uh, were you? Yeah, for me, it was the Digimon movie, the first Digimon ooh, movie. Oh, yeah. Mm. That's right. Um, the, the, the English version where they spliced the first three Japanese of course, movies. Of course. But it was actually, you know, as a kid, that was like a slight against it. But now that I'm an adult and I revisited it, it's like a classic. They 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 took so many liberties with the localization, and it's actually kind of brilliant. Like um, the main character Ty's uh, mom says like the weirdest shit oh, yeah, throughout I the movie. That specific, specifically the the part with the virus that that's the most like improved, interesting part of it of it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a lot. You could tell that they had a couple of writers in there that were like really having fun. But I specifically do remember like even as a kid, like having that feeling of like. 
oh wow, like th- it's cool that I'm watching the Digimon movie, and then like by the time you get to the end, where it's just like every here's these cool looking new characters, and but for some reason, what's going I, on? I don't feel like I'm enjoying this. <laughs> <one>. <laughs> Yeah, I was so sold on that movie uh, way ahead of time because I remember I just bought VHS uh, tapes of like, you know, the just the TV, Digimon TV show. I'd buy Pokemon at the end of like every other tape. They would have like, you know, um, advertisements like for other shows and movies. And the Digimon movie trailer was so fire. It was like so many colors, things moving, music. Oh my God, we got to save the world. Wait, let me ask you. You, know? you said you got uh, a couple of the VHSs. Do you remember the ad for, uh, I think it was Ranma one half? I, I think it was. Yes. It was, so, it was like, the song was like, there gotta be heard Oh my God. It was like really orange tinted. And it was like, maybe before. And it was like a panda or something like that. And I never knew what that was. Apparently it's like part of this, it's part of a really classic anime, right? But that's, I think that was like a very intentional tactic right just so like what the fuck did i just see and as a kid you need you need like excessive stimulus to really grab your attention i remember they said something about the, the tendo training uh camp or something like that they mentioned that at one point and, I, and my brain as a kid went like oh is this like nintendo like the training area is this like you know what i mean because this pokemon hey maybe they're you know there's some sort of affiliated thing going on but that was I, yeah 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 the Pokemon VHS cassettes would always have like the training card game advertisements mm-hmm. where they'd be like, oh, they have a league, the trading card game league. Yeah, you see those kids who were like super like whacked out and happy because they were like fast forwarding the camera and shit. Well, yeah, but they still like, but these kids, they had like decks and they were like walking around like there's tables and people are playing. I remember lo- like I was eight seeing those kids and they must have been like 12 <laughs> or 13. And I thought, wow, when I grow up, I want to be goals. like them. <laughs> <laughs> they're adults because i was just the right age when pokemon came out it was before i was 10 and in the series ash becomes 10 of and course, like obviously you know time, when you're you 10 know. as we all do we leave our families and go on adventures right <laughs> Embark and on so, a new life in the wilderness yeah so i was convinced as a kid that 10 Don't, is like an important right. <laughs> like now you're going to be taken seriously now you live your own life. And I was really looking forward to it. Oh, man. You know, it'd be so funny if, like, so many kids, like, it, it, I mean, if, it, and if it did happen, you know, there would have been, like, a huge, like, news story uh, overinflating it. But it would have been so funny if there was just, like, a whole bunch of kids who just, like, they watch Pokemon for a while. And it's like, oh, hey, I turned 10. All right, it's time for me to go out and, you know, start doing stuff. And they just, like, reach the end of the block. <laughs> and it's like, where do I go? <laughs> Timmy, where are you going? Farewell, mother. I will be venturing out on my journey now. It's time for me to go out into the wild blue yonder and start catching random animals. Maybe I'll start with a squirrel. We don't have Pokeballs, but maybe I'll make like really tiny cages out of sticks. I'll write. I'll write to you. (laughs) It'll have a lot of mistakes in it. It'll look all squiggly, but I'll write. a funny thing of like... Just in general, 90s stuff of, uh, you know, kids rule sort of thing. And like Pokemon is kind of like a facet of that with its narrative of like, oh, yeah, Ted, you know what's up. (laughs) Yeah, no, 90s definitely made it cool to be a kid. The 90s made it so cool to be a kid. And it felt like I didn't want to grow up, you know, on the one hand. And the 90s was such like a weird era because... like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were still pretty popular Mm -hmm. and you had a whole lot of new media and there was this fixation on grossness 
Garbage Pelicans, they all had wacky names, gross-out pictures. We talked about, like, Ren and Stimpy and so much of Nickelodeon in general. Oh, yes. Boogerman on the Sega Genesis <laughs> and SNES. Yeah. Yeah, that was another thing where you flicked bo- boogers and farted and burped uh, on your enemies, and if you ate a chili, you all, could fly. All the things that aren't re- directly related to the penis or asshole are the things which that is, they Which make, is, as know. a kid, I mean, that was, like, uh, all I really cared about. Not the penis and asshole, but I meant, like, <laughs> the idea of, like, <laughs> no, just, the, the yeah, idea yeah. of taking something that's, like, gross and annoys adults. Oh, yeah. And turning it up, you know, like, just, like, really... And I think that's actually stuck with me. Yeah, that was kid humor, basically, wasn't it? I I think that stuck with me as someone who who was a 90s kid. I still find, like, I I derive joy not from just only just toilet humor, but humor that pisses other people off. Humor that... And I'm not in, like, an edgy way, right? Uh, But humor in a way where it's like, come on, man, that's fucking stupid. You know, like, that's gross. Stop. I thought we were going to get a resurgence of that 90s feel. You know, when the slime stuff started coming back oh, and people yeah, were like talking about French slime. on YouTube, wasn't it? Nickelodeon yeah. really dropped the ball. I know. <laughs> well, they really they missed an opportunity of, there. I'm sure they have like a whole bunch of like kids shows. I think there was one about like, oh, kids playing with slime or something. It was something yeah. like that. No, but even now, I feel like it's so different because, like, when the slime thing happened recently on YouTube, I say recently, it was a couple years ago, but it was kind of like, yeah, look at it, it's so pretty, it's neat, haha. In the 90s, it was the adverts were like people shoving their whole fists into like containers with them and go, ew, gross, and like the sound effects, like, ew, nasty. Yeah, yeah, splat! Oh, your mother's gonna hate this shit. It's all about the aesthetic of, like, oh, it's so pleasing, and it's so common. Yeah, that is interesting, yeah, because I, I see a whole bunch of them where it's like, oh, there's glitter and, and toys in it, so you're, like, playing with it and trying to get it out and stuff, yeah. I feel like it's good. The 90s should be the 90s, right? Yeah. And we can look back on it, but yeah, I'm course. curious to see if there's gonna be some sort of similar resurgence because things seem to be cyclical fairly cyclical things evolve with new with new technology and new ideas added onto them yeah exactly yeah so i'd be interested to see how that might manifest itself you know uh at some point in the future for sure because we watch so many 90s commercials on riff break i've learned or at least realized because when you're in the thick of it you don't really pick up on (laughs) it yeah of course the 90s was so obnoxious like all the, <laughs> all the yeah. commercials for kid stuff are people like shoving oh, their whole lens. face in the fucking screen and just yelling something or making a weird face just like Ew, it's like why are you doing this why is everything hey, so loud <laughs> If someone shoved me into a time machine and sent me back to the 90s, I would invest in, like, whatever company was producing fisheye lenses. Yeah. That's where I put my money. Buster Rhymes music videos. All the music videos and all the adverts, you know, whenever, like, an old person, like, whenever they had advertisements for, like, consoles or video games and to be an old person, the camera would be, like, so uncomfortably close to the old person. Like, (laughs) yeah, you better stop What is this video game? Give me newspaper. Or whatever they would say, right? Like, I, I I understand newspaper, but this video game thing is what is it? And so yeah, I really. But the obnoxiousness now, I look back on it, it's it's it feels so warm and nostalgic, and and I mean, I always associated it with uh, my obsession with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because 
I feel like now as a kid, just thinking about like back then I wanted to be Donatello. Now, whenever I think about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I think to myself like, man, they really live in the fucking sewers, huh? Like, <laughs> they, that's fucking shit. nasty. Yeah. How, why, how could you eat pizza? And they're like, you would, fruity. like you would, how, how can you taste the pizza if all you smell is piss and shit, right? <laughs> like, I can't get that out of my head. But as a kid, to me, it was like, yo, you're like... This is like your secret lair. Like, you doesn't know? it look cool where it's like real dank and you know, yeah. like yeah, it's dark and it's like Fuck you yeah. can go anywhere, but like no one would know where you are because you're underground. No one know you're underground, and yeah, it's, it's it seemed like because you know when you're a kid, you also like to maybe find like a secret spot where oh, only you and your friends know of, and you're like, yo, this is where we like let's we should bring stuff here, like let's bring it to the sewer. <laughs> You can hang out with your friends, like, going into a forest, and then you find, like, yeah. some sort of tree that has, like, a bunch of vines, like, draped exactly. over it so that it looks like it could be a little hut, and you're like, oh, yeah, we're hanging out in here for a while, you know? Yeah, 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 but it, with this, if you found, like, a fucking pipe and massified the leads into, like, the sewage system, as a kid, that maybe, like, feels like a great idea, but you don't even need to step inside to be discouraged you know the smell <laughs> the smell will hit you yeah, way exactly. before you approach like, it so oh, wait. <laughs> so it's it's how am i getting back up hold on <laughs> like the ninja turtles and and master splinter like they're fucking yeah. turtles and a rat like they're yes. not really gonna mind uh the sewer system but like if but like if april o'neill were to go down there like hey let me take a peek at your digs and fucking was like oh yeah we're going down to the fucking sewer like how long would she last before she's like no nah, i gotta get the fuck out of here yeah did they, ever do that in yeah. did they ever bring up like oh you gotta come down to the sewer with us to you know get away from shredder and she comes out she's like oh jesus fucking christ fuck that <laughs> it's a fucking kiss cartoon but april o'neill still says fuck no and they don't <laughs> censor it. Like, i'd rather be kidnapped god damn it smells like a fucking foot mixed with solid ass out here we're speaking about the 90s and i had i had an idea of a really short uh, possible game for the two of y'all. Uh, you might remember MTV released a series of compilation albums in 1999 called MTV The First Thousand Years. MTV The First One Thousand Years. Enter the new millennium with the best of R&B, rock, hip-hop, and new wave. Pick one up or collect all four. Now and until the end of time. It only encapsulates like about maybe 25 of those years but it was supposed to correlate with hey it's the new millennium this is going to be the wrap-up so they they released an album the first thousand years of hip-hop there are 16 tracks that mtv deemed um the the i guess quintessential the best of the best i want y'all to guess at songs you think would be on this compilation but once you get i'm gonna say Five guesses that are wrong, you're out because I don't want this game oh. to take forever. But <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's curious because some of these are weird. Uh, it was Dude, released this is the in, first thousand years. It was released in November <laughs> of 1999. So anything okay. prior to that is fair game. Because I'm thinking like, oh, maybe they'll show some love to Sir Mix a Lot. 
you know, and realize how controversial it is, you know, how important it was, or is this in 99 where we're still like, well, it, it, we, we don't want to talk about it at this point. Like, you know what I mean? Like, is it, is it that, or? I guess you'll have to uh, guess and find out. Oh, Rav, shit. I'm going to let uh, you, as the guest uh, on this show, have the, uh, have the first guess as to what you think might be on this album. So I was first thinking, like, in my head, I'm thinking, you know, maybe Run DMC. Uh, what song? Man, knowing that it's MTV, I'm trying to think, like, would it be, it wouldn't be Run's House. It would have to be something like, like, Walk This Way, the remix. Rap has one on the board. Walk This Way is on this CD. Uh, RC. uh, Next one has to be LL Cool J, something from him, right? Yeah, it has to. LL Cool J, let me see here. No, that is one strike. What? what? That was going to be my next guess. <laughs> that is one strike. <laughs> for uh, for RC, Rev, your turn. Mm. Uh, Beastie Boys, fight for your right. That is your first strike, not on here. No, what? RC, Wait. your turn. Yeah, dude, you should have just said the band first. You should have oh, fuck, you're right, you're right. Oh, is it too late to just say Beastie Boys? Uh, yes, it is, because they're not on there at all. Darren, oh, your what? turn. <laughs> no Beastie Boys? This is MTV, no Beastie Boys? Absolutely what? not. This is the fucking dude who made the Tic Tac Toe Yo, fuck this list. No Beastie Boys? Wow, no LL oh, Cool J yeah, or this, Beastie Boys. No. Yeah. This list is what's getting judged now, not us. <laughs> wow, yeah. Th- that means the yeah, only Dev Jam representation are. is Run DMC. That's it. And it's hey. like the one song that is like the most accessible to white oh people. Wow. Uh, RC, your turn. Damn. What? <laughs> All right. Let me, uh, oh, I had someone in my head. Let me try to get him back. Uh, this is 1999. So, oh, uh, Busta Rhymes. Let me see here. Buster Rhymes, you say. That is your second strike, RC. Oh, Absolutely shit. no. <laughs> no Buster no Rhymes. East Coast Rhymes. World. Nope. Damn. Rev. Okay. 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 NWA. Okay. Mm, that's gotta be one. What song? Okay, let's think. Let's think. It's not gonna be a controversial song, so they're not gonna have Fuck the Police. So they're probably either going to have Straight Outta Compton or Express Yourself. So I'm just going to go out on a limb and say Express Yourself because it's even less controversial than Straight Outta Compton. Because yeah, yeah, Express Yourself is the least controversial NWA song. It's got to be that. Rev has two tracks on the board. Express Yourself is on the album. Boy. RC. Okay. uh, Missy Elliott? That is your third strike. No, Missy Elliott. <laughs> I'm trying to guess like iconic music videos, and, this, and these motherfuckers are like, nope, not good enough. It, it's not necessarily the music video. It's just the song itself, if that helps any. Oh, okay. They definitely have to have some other Dr. Dre stuff on there, because he brought like hip-hop to the mainstream during the 90s. So it's got to be Dr. Dre. It's got to be Snoop on there. Now, I don't know if they have Snoop just as by himself or with Dre as part of the Chronic album. I'm going to go with the latter because it was such a big album. And I'm going to say, uh, oh, fuck. Okay. Which one is more like Poppy? 
Nothing but a G thing. Rav has three tracks on the board. Yeah, that one. Yeah, that one makes sense. That one, I would have been mad if they didn't have that one. RC, you're back. You have two more strikes to go, and you're out. Oh my god, do they have Outcast? Yes. What song? Thank God. Thank <laughs> fucking God. They do have Outcast, but it can't be anything after 1999. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that, yeah. that makes it a little hard again. Yeah. No. Uh. Mm, what the fuck did they do? Cause, cause 99 is like the weird teetering spot where they did do bombs over Baghdad. But yeah, but this is no, that might have been 2000. Yeah, this is still pre. This is pre Miss Jackson for sure. Yeah, like ah oh, shit, it was pre. Yeah, cause that had to be 2000. Yeah, so it had to be before Stagonia. Oh my god. Yeah, it has to. It has so to be. this is before they even fucking knew what was gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> And they're like, oh, we're we're pretty sure we know what's gonna be the best outcast music video. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh god damn, but all the ones I'm thinking about are all the ones that we now in 2020 know are like <laughs> <laughs> So I'd probably go with probably what was on the second album. AT um, Aliens. Elevators. That is your fourth strike. Elevators not <laughs> on the board. <laughs> oh my god. Rev, back to you. I have no fucking clue. Uh, how do... Oh! Okay. Oh, man. I have no... Player's ball. You've got it. Player's oh, ball God is... fucking Oh, fuck. <laughs> that was my second guess. Oh, man. That... Oh, man. <laughs> that's... That's, a, that's like, weird, though, no that that's the song they went song. with. I know. Yeah, that's... Like, when it comes that's to really weird. now, like, you know... I mean, uh, it's a good song. It's a really good song, but that's really... But like, if I were to say to you, oh, yeah, name the Big Outcast song, even before 99, like, you're not thinking... The no, you're... Th- I would... No, I wouldn't. Guy, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I would have gone with the same pick you would, you did. <laughs> RC, it is back to you. You've got one more oh, strike. I have no idea what the fuck else could be on this list. Uh, it's 99. Mm-hmm. Is Eminem out yet? <laughs> no, well, yes, but, uh, yeah, no, he would have been out, that's right, because... But his video wouldn't have got... See, see that's another thing, uh, like, yeah. it's 99, so, like, a video from 99 probably isn't making the list, you know? I'm gonna yeah. say no. Let me double-check, because these tracks are in chronological order. No. The latest track on uh, here is from 97. From hmm? Any of these from the 80s? Uh, I, I can't tell you that. Oh, that okay, means yes. Uh, that means yes. Uh, the last one I would go with just to say fuck it would be <clears throat> uh, Bismarck, he's just a friend. No, you are out, my friend. Ah! No, Bismarck. Oh, no. Okay. Disorder, well, I, heresy. I, okay. <laughs> this is a kangaroo court. <laughs> okay, don't worry. I'll carry on the, the, the good fight for us. Oh, okay, the, okay. Okay. You've only got the one strike, so, so you have four to play with. Okay, I've got four to play with. I'm thinking... Okay, well, actually, I have I have one that I'm going to just go with okay. because th- I feel like this list would probably put it on it. Rapper's mm-hmm. Delight. Rapper's Delight. No, I'm sorry. That is not Get on here, surprisingly. Get out of here. No, Rapper's Delight. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with um, The Message. Yep, The Message is the first track okay. on the CD. So there we go. The, okay, okay, all right. Okay, that makes they, they, sense. They just knew they had to cover their bases with that one. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they had to. If they didn't, that'd be kind of weird. That's yeah. like, yeah, no, you have to include that song. I'm surprised they didn't include Rapper's Delight. That Maybe for time. That one didn't have the music video, I think. I see. Mm. You think, 
Yeah, yeah. Was the, the other one has the music video that people remember. You know, broken that's glass. True. It is MTV. Yeah, you know, yeah, that's true. Um, okay. Uh, uh, Gangsters Paradise. Gangsters Paradise. Gangsters Paradise. No, I am sorry. That is your third Fuck. strike. Okay. Wow. No Gangsters Paradise. No. Wow. Okay. I thought I knew MTV. You thought you knew. Nineteen ninety nine. I thought wrong. I did. Let's see. Uh. Okay. I'm just trying to think. I'm just trying to think. Like, okay. House of Pain. Jump around. Yep. Jump around is oh, in fact okay. on the CD. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm starting to see the kind of stuff they would include. Oh, yeah, okay. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what's the other white artist? What fucking Snow's Informer? Are they gonna go over that one too? <laughs> Um, I, I will say because we're talking about it. Also, I will say this is one gimme. No vanilla ice either. <laughs> okay. Okay. We're no good. snow. No vanilla ice. Okay. Uh, do we have Biggie? Gotta be. Um. Yeah, it's ninety nine. You have to, like no Biggie. Nope. Ah, what in the? Are fuck? you kidding me? No Biggie. They died not even like five years nope. prior to this, Mm-mm. and they're just like, nah, nah, not good. He died enough. two years prior to this yep. list, and he didn't no get. Love. Wow. Wow. What? <laughs> really? <laughs> okay. You've got uh, one Pac? strike left. We got Pac. Uh, we do have Pac. Yes. Okay. Okay, MTV, MTV, music video. It has to probably be like a dope music video. What is the best Tupac music video? Not song, music video. Mm. Oh, I know what I would think. What do you think? Do you think, because in terms of music videos, uh, in terms of songs, I would go like Dear Mama, but if I'm thinking of like music videos, it'd have to be like California Love, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, that feels like. It's the most outrageous one. So, okay, we're going to go with California Love. California Love is on the CD, yes. Wow! So they made a definitive decision about who they think is better. <laughs> they did. Yeah, they did they, include they big, drew but they're lying in the sand. Yeah. And this is like this is a third Dre feature on this list. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> Dre, hey, look, he, he, the man dominated the nineties. He really did. That's true. He certainly did. Yeah. Um. Uh, do we have Snoop? Aside yes. from nothing but a G thing. Yes, we do. Okay. Cool. Oh, oh I think I oh. You think you think come on let let's help each other out here. What do you think it is? <laughs> I'm thinking I'm thinking what they're going to go with is the one that people remember that was super controversial which is the Murder is the Case music video. That's what I'm thinking. Oh, okay. That's, that's actually really good. I'm doing. Okay, yeah, no, that's good cuz I was thinking yeah, I was also thinking either that or what's my name, but I'm going I think mm. you're probably right because that music video was a lot more I think memorable in terms of how people talked about it. So yeah, let's go. Murder was the case. Uh, RC was right, uh, or you were right. It was what's my name. So oh, no, that is the first uh, right. Well, now it was. We did well. Come on, you you did do very well. Now uh, here to fill in the gaps. Um, the these are on the album in chronological order of yeah, release. Okay. So the message is first. Uh, then we got walk this way. Colors. By Ice T. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> okay. Wild Thing by Tone Loke. <laughs> oh wow. Uh, Express Loke. yourself, NWA. The Humpty Dance, Digital Underground. Oh, wow. <gasps> okay. Oh, okay. I'm glad. Yeah. That's good. Sure. That's good. That's a good inclusion. Uh, Jump Around, House of Pain, Friends of the Show, Arrested Development with Tennessee. <laughs> okay. 
Yeah, the MTV <laughs> crowd thought they were going to be uh, more important and pivotal to hip-hop than they ended up being. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, then we got Rebirth of Slick. Cool like Ooh, that. Diggable okay. Planets. Oh, wow. Uh, it Was a Good Day by Ice Cube. Yeah, right. Oh, why didn't I think of that one? Yeah, yeah. of course. Number the G thing. Then there's Coolio with... What? Fantastic Voyage. Yeah. What? Fantastic Voyage and, and not Gangster's no, Paradise? No, I'm going to go with Fantastic Voyage because that's the more safe one. Even though that was the one from the movie that ended up being the number one fucking song of 95 that year. Yeah, but like Gangsta's Paradise, like come on, it was like a cultural thing. You had Weird Al's version as well. <laughs> That's and true. Oh man, okay, That's weird. I thought Gangsta's Paradise had a bigger cultural impact, so that was going to be the one. Okay. Then you got Players Ball. Then you got California Love. Then you got track number sixteen, the last song, chronologically mm-hmm. speaking. So they thought, you know, this is, this the, is the best we've got. Make him say, oh, ah! by Master P. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Oh, no. I'm glad. I'm glad <laughs> that they put that there. I would be less angry if they at least had one Biggie song, it, though. Yeah, like, it, yeah. <laughs> why would you put a... Oh, how could you... Why would you put... Make him say, oh, but not put Hypnotic oh, or something Biggie, on it. Come I, on. Yeah. Hypnotic or Juicy, I don't know how you don't do that if you've got California Love by Tupac on there. Like, come on. Yeah, I don't get it. So that means they had no Nas, no Jay Z, no Tribe Called wow. Quest. Nope. Mm-mm. Cause that was gonna be my guess. I was gonna say electric relaxation at some point. Oh. Yeah, or some or some sort of a tribe called quest song. Cause like Tribe basically paved the way for the nineties. Like at the the start of the nineties, they were like, you know, doing like doing hip hop in a way that no one was really doing like, it. They were yeah, weren't they like they were kind of the first guys to do it like quieter than everyone else was doing it. Because I remember people specifically saying, right, this yeah. the time, you know, everyone's rapping, everyone's trying to get your attention, everyone's shouting like, yo, I'm the best rapper, da, da, da. and they were like, oh, I'm just kind of chilling and I'm sampling jazz songs, you know? I feel like it's a combination of that and the production style, because I mean, you did have Rakim and Big Daddy Kane that, who were more about it then and the net and the chill, like and right I feel like Q-Tip... Before, no, yeah, Rakim was before. Yeah, because yeah. t- I feel like Q-Tip has like a lot of similarities with Rakim in terms of delivery. It's up close and personal and kind of chill, yeah. you know? Uh, uh, Rakim's got more complex by the time A Tribe Called Quest came out. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah no. Yeah, Rakim had like multis and uh, Q-Tip wasn't really doing multis back then. Neither was Five. But they had the jazzy production and the whole like Native Tongues movement definitely uh, reinvented hip-hop in terms of like the sonics for, for sampling and paved the way, I think, for... Well, I, you know, for people like Dilla, Mad Lib, and even New Jabez, mm-hmm. and that's why I feel like I feel like that. This is the reason why uh, Starbucks all over the world now are playing Tribe Called Quest all mm-hmm. of a sudden, and mm-hmm. all these coffee shops are playing Tribe Called mm-hmm. Quest because it fits, in, you know, in people's lo-fi hip hop uh, playlists sure. now because it has that same sound. So it's 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 yeah. But they definitely in, were were great innovators in that, and I thought did be important enough to put on that list so i'm a little mad they don't have de la they don't have tribe no they don't have Nas. no de la that's soul, a yeah. shame that's yeah, a really no good star. yeah if you're talking about like early days like yo mtv raps and shit like yeah. that it's a glaring the omission Beastie boys was the biggest would, yeah, surprise for like, me though yeah, honestly like no beastie no beastie boys first, or ll Come like on. first kind of out the gate really making a big presence on mtv beastie boys gotta be on there no fight for your right no yeah, sabotage they were with madonna and like yeah 
come on, man. They they had so many big songs in the '90s and and so many good songs, you know, like. Oh, and they, they when i think 90s hip-hop music videos like up like close with to the you know like rapping right into the camera and being almost obnoxious <laughs> i think the beastie boys you know <laughs> like they got the fish eye yeah. yeah yeah the fish eye that's like such a 90s like i think immediately beastie boys like all of them just like all up in their fucking camera <laughs> it was a mood <sighs> vanilla ice and hard to swallow from 1998 Requested by Dakota Drop Nikki, so thank you very much, Dakota, uh, for your support. Oh boy, do your um, supporters just love torturing y'all? Uh, <laughs> it's a mixed bag, I'd say. Um, <laughs> sometimes it's an album they love, you know, and they want to hear our thoughts. Other times, yeah, it's I want to see you squirm. I want to hear <laughs> you absolutely miserable. I got to hear about half of this album, just over half, and I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> what, what am I doing? <laughs> am I, do what I want is, this to be part this? of my life when I reach the end to be like, yep, you definitely spent uh, 49 minutes listening to Vanilla Ice's Hard to Swallow for some reason. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I was having breakfast. I was having <laughs> breakfast and I put it on and I'm like, as oh, soon no. as I hear it, I'm like, uh-oh. Oh, I'm, I'm oh no. Food. Why am I doing this to myself? <laughs> what is happening? Oh, no. I think you've got a pretty good idea as to what the album is, because honestly, the second half yeah, isn't even really yeah. worth listening to. So, for a little bit of background, because I think y'all will find this interesting as to the um, the other folks featured on the album besides Ice, who would later go by V-Ice. The rock musicians on this new metal album, it's actually yeah. quite a uh, quite a super group we've got here. We've got uh, Shannon Larkin on drums. He is the current Godsmack drummer who okay. was previously with Darren's favorite, Ugly Kid Joe! <laughs> then we've got Sonny Mayo on guitar, who also performed with Ugly Kid Joe in 2012, uh, was one of the founding members of the band Snot, and also performed with Head P.E., another uh, artist oh. we, we've just recently oh. reviewed. <laughs> oh, the cavalcade of talent. Oh, yeah, and the hits keep on coming. We've got Doug Ardito on guitar, uh, uh, who is from Puddle of Mud, who mm. co-wrote their biggest hit, Blurry. Eh? We've got Scott Borland on keyboard, who is brother of Wes Borland of Limp Bizkit, oh. and also performed on the three uh, big Limp Bizkit albums. That's, uh, you know, huh. uh, Three Dog Billy All, Fucking Significant Other, and uh, Hot Dog Flavored Water. So we're placed right where we need to be. <laughs> and we've also got to give some love to DJ Swamp, who provided the scratching on the record, whose work you can hear at the beginning of Crystal Method's Name of the Game. This is where the stars come out to shine on Vanilla Ice Hard to Swallow. We've got the producer who worked on some of Korn's uh, most well-known work, Limp Biscuit. He was the new metal guy at this point in time. And Vanilla Ice comes up and he's like, hey, I want to make this album. He's never heard Corn. He's never heard Limp Bizkit. But somehow he's, he's able to make one of the most derivative sounding albums that sounds like a guy who just said, yeah, give me that. I want it to sound like exactly oh, that. But it's weird because he was like, no, I just want it to sound hard and angry. And this is what we got. 
Because because he wanted to make a point about, ooh, I'm, this isn't your dad's vanilla ice. <laughs> but see, this is the thing. He doesn't want you to forget he's vanilla ice, though, because... Yeah, that's the thing, too. We'll get to it, it a little bit. <laughs> it's the same thing with the MC Hammer album, where it's just like, I'm a hardcore gangster now, but don't forget that I sold 10 million records with that cheesy image I had four years ago. Like, they're doing it for the sake of, like, oh, but this is part of the brag, right? But, like, but aren't you trying to make me forget about that? Like, it's so confusing. Before we get to the actual review, Rev, did you make it to Too Cold? Yes. Oh, good. I pulled up the Wikipedia article for this just because I was curious. Nice. And in the reception section, um, there's it says, <clears throat> The Iowa State Daily called the album the greatest pop culture comeback of all time. The al- <laughs> and, then if, and then the next sentence is a really short one. The album did not chart. <laughs> I think yeah. I think I read in that article that someone um, compared it to John Travolta's r- resurgence in Pulp oh, Fiction. No. <laughs> like he is back on the scene with a new image. He is going to be making big waves in the late nineties. Look out! It's yeah. Travolta fever. <laughs> I saw one yeah. person say that Vanilla Ice almost single-handedly destroyed <laughs> uh, hip hop. Although he would say quite the uh, quite the alternative on that. Well, I'll get to that in a second as to what I'm referring to. But someone said that because Vanilla Ice is now working on new metal, new metal is likely to be the next genre to fade out. It had a few more years in it, but yeah, they're not entirely wrong. I mean, uh, I think it peaked with Linkin Park, right? Yeah, Linkin Park was the... Yeah. Linkin Park was like the... Like how Nirvana took the hair metal of the 80s and turned yeah. it into grunge. Linkin Park took the new metal mm. of the late 90s and turned it into yeah. that kind of hybrid rock yeah, yeah, that we heard in the early 2000s. So, uh, gentlemen, d- do you wish to dig in? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, can, I, can I think we're just av- avoiding the inevitable at this so point. Um fucking one just o- opens oh. you up, just gets you ready for what's going on with a little bit of Popeye pirate scatting for you. Yo, he fucking sampled having a roni on this goddamn intro track. Who said? Who did the hook? Was that him? I think so. Yeah. Who? It's my living condition. Why does my man try to run me action? I'm like, whoa. <laughs> What so happened? Funny, like, wow, what happened? Is the guy who you know, yeah, you, you know, you know, for the guy who's trying to sound black, but he's different from the snow guy who's trying to sound Jamaican. And well, can't say that anymore. <laughs> I feel like every major record label needs to hire a person in every one of their studios who sits there and says, uh, "No, uh, stop doing the patrol." Really, like don't, it don't, really don't, does feel like as I look that. back and see like just how many people were doing that. Like uh, for a recent episode, I had to you know go back and listen to like new metal. And like, oh, you know, I wanted to, you know, give the give the genre its due. And as I'm listening to it, like, there's so much like 311 and shit, where it's just like, oh, you have to come original, you have to come original, and it's so like, Whoa. like, 
it's so not believable, you know what I mean? Just like immediately, you're just like, what is, yeah. what is he doing? <laughs> and it's like, do you guys think this just sounds cool? <laughs> but it's like, you could tell there were no other black people in the room to be like, hey, where, where, are you trying to sound like that Jamaican? Are you trying to sound like Shaba? Oh, no, don't do that. that- <laughs> no, don't do that. No, please stop. I mean, who is this music for? When I heard, when the first song came on, it, it reminded me of that um, Ja Rule Metallica song. Y'all know what I'm talking about? The one that just when you thought it was over, just when you thought it was done, just when you thought it was uh, whatever, like, yeah, we did it, did it again. Like, that, that is what it reminds me of. I was like, "Mm, yes, yes. For me, Mew Metal always felt like, uh, I know this is going to sound like very generalized, but like white people trying to hijack this yeah. new culture that's becoming very popular. Yeah, it interestingly is in a weird way. Like, there's some aspects of it where you're like, oh, hey, they were trying to be creative. Like, if you look up, like, corn, it's like, oh, we were trying to, like, mimic what hip-hop sounds like, but with our It's like, oh, that's an interesting, cool idea, you know? Well, there's a difference between a fusion of, like, styles and trying to, like, play around with different sounds. And then I think sometimes, like, with this album, for instance, it just feels like there is no heart. There is no... Oh wow! There, it didn't. I wasn't listening to this. Like, damn! Everyone who's working on this is so happy to be making this. They're so excited. And you can tell they're all in sync. You know, I never got that impression when Vanilla I started rapping at first. I was like, I couldn't even understand half the things he was saying. So I had to pull up Genius. Me too. It sounded like he was ra- like rapping with an accent, but not like as if he was European. Sometimes he would just swallow phrases and not pronounce oh, them. Oh yeah, like he still sounds like the same dude from the Vanilla Ice song, but, you know, definitely a couple of years older, and now he's just like, oh, well, if I do that, I'm not cool. But, like, there's still the sort of, like, loose flow affectation that he kind of has from before that, like, infects the songs even as it's, like, this completely new sound. Like, you can still tell it's him, you know what I mean? Um, What's that one lyric? At the very beginning, he starts off dissing uh, 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 third base for their Pop Goes the Weasel song. Did, did y'all catch that? Oh, my God. Uh, I, I think they had to cut out the actual name of the song. But, like, afterwards, he says something where he's like, oh, that was a big flip-flip-flop record. Our brothers didn't like your record because it wasn't hip-hop. Uh, but this ain't a diss because you sold gold. Still, I made a killin, killin', uh, But you ain't made one-tenth of 11 million. You know, it's that type of shit. But but it's like just specifically him saying like oh oh uh, that di- record didn't sell because it wasn't hip hop enough like ex fucking excuse me Vanilla Ice <laughs> are you the guy that's saying that right now? It's a little bit of background. <laughs> Vanilla Ice released a follow up to his debut album in 1994 and addressed Pop Goes the Weasel on that album also. Why can't he let it go? Why is he bringing this song up eight years later? I looked up Pop Goes the Weasel on Wikipedia and it had a section that was that referenced uh, Vanilla Ice's like response. And when it said like, oh, he, he responded to the song in this song. And I, I thought it was going to talk about living. And then it said it was from 94. So I was like, yo, he's already done this once before. It had been at least four years later and he's still thinking about it. <laughs> like third base wasn't even relevant at that I point. I don't get it. I don't even know if he's thinking about it so much as like he doesn't know what to write about. 
Because this every every song that I heard on this album is directionless. He's a rich guy fucking around in the studio. You know, he's still got probably still got some money from the Ice Ice Baby days. He's got no self-awareness. And he's just like, oh, new metal's a new thing. I want to do that. This sounds really fun. Let me do that. Oh, is it is it where you sound real angry at your parents? Oh, I'm going to make lyrics where I'm angry at my parents. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't sound like there's heart to it. Yeah. There is the song Scars. Scars is one of the few songs on the album that is about something. He yeah. talks about like uh, being abused as a kid. He says like um, being thrown through the window for watching TV. Where do you think I got my anger? And talking about his drug addiction. I can tell why he wanted to make this. And it does actually seem like Vanilla Ice was just really angry and he just wanted to do something to get his anger out. It doesn't always sound good. No. Musically, it carries it. Because he, I mean, like, the, the true to my family sentiment was yeah. pretty dope. I actually, right before, just before I, like, make my comment on that song, I wanted to say that my favorite line off of the previous song is, why is that I disperse? I don't know why this is on the song, by the way, but it's just, why is that I disperse? Whoa. I don't know what the fuck that means and why that's <laughs> part of the hook, but I'm I, I'm I'm with it. But yeah, the scars. I was kind of still. I understood where he was coming from, but when did this album come out? Just 90, out of curiosity. Ninety eight. Ninety eight. So we already have Funk Crusher Plus, and on Funk Crusher Plus there was uh, uh, uh what was it? The Last Good Sleep, where LP details like living with an abusive stepfather who beat his mom. Mm. And like not knowing how to deal with it, how to like that, that you already had a song where this dude wrapped his ass off. The beat was incredible. He tackled the subject matter, and no, there isn't a conclusion because not everything in life has a conclusion. Not everything follows a romantic narrative structure. And I, I do see sort of Vanilla Ice doing a similar thing here, but it's just without the brain. Yeah, and I thought it was kind of interesting because it's like. It, the hook is like my family true to my family but then at the end you know and in the verses you know he's saying something like never will i be like you never will i be like you and the memories are awful and we're gonna get the same so i kind of do like the idea of him playing with the idea of like i need to stay faithful to the family because those are the people that hold you down still hurt me like that complex emotion was kind of interesting you know the the, the co- conflict is good but the music and the writing overall is just atrocious yeah it, it's like a tattoo frozen in a memory like what, <laughs> what does that mean yeah <laughs> it's like if you remembered a tattoo in your it's, it's like crazy that's how that's how deeply it's frozen in my brain man yeah yeah i wondered what that meant too it's like a tattoo frozen in my memory i think he would just meant like it's a memory that's embedded in him and yeah. he cannot remove it but it's why would you phrase it like that you know there's <laughs> you could say it in many other ways you could have just said like a, a memory embedded in the fabric of my brain or like embedded in my code anything Anything but a tattoo frozen. It's permanent like a tattoo. You could have just said that, you know? Yeah. It's like a frozen (laughs) tattoo in memory. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't seem to er erase the stain. Mm. So I guess that's why he went specifically with a tattoo, because then he can also, like, uh, follow up on that. Uh, In my brain, things will never be the same. I remember all the lies fucked up. Now I realize, oh, my God, I remember all the lies. Now I realize. Hey guys, did you know like realize rhymes with like real lies? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just I just don't understand how you can be rapping on such a low caliber in the late nineties. Like at this point, we've people have been using multis for almost a decade. And I'm not saying every line needs to have multis, but we have to move on from saying 
now we've all grown and moved along tried to forget but my brother did me wrong like yeah every other line felt like yo like fucking dr this, Seuss shit yeah yeah like this is come on like you know if you're gonna it's hard to buy into a song like pretending to be angry when the rhymes sound like oh this is the only thing the person could think of to <laughs> right yeah of course he's gonna rhyme uh this with this of course he's gonna rhyme that with that because that's what you do when you're just like oh what's the first rhyme yeah like uh th- then there's a s- skit real quick ecstasy where it's just like five seconds of just like sped up laughing or something like that I don't know what. There's two times on this album. There's one point where it's a nine second track ecstasy before fuck me. And then there's another time later where it's just like a 15 second clip before a song. And it's like, that would have worked if you just put that at the beginning of that track. I don't know why it has to be a separate track. Yeah, That's and weird. it's so yeah. weirdly super serious. It's like, oh, the, the men are, you know, trying to search for God, but in vain. And I'm like, what the fuck is he doing? In his mind, he was like, ah, yes, I'll put these skits in between so that I can put together this exquisite tapestry of Sonics that I've mm. put together. And this is the way to give people a little moment of a break See, while they take it in. to prepare them for, for the emotions they'll be going yeah. through. Yeah. I'm conflicted because aesthetically as a new metal album i think this works and at the end of living there's a break where I don't, it's, it's not like a verse i guess it's a bridge and there's just like this like what what like in the background oh, yeah, and it's like going screaming? like left to the right i actually thought that kind of worked yeah. and i'm sitting here like when vanilla ice isn't rapping I think he's actually doing okay, but when he decides to rap, it also... You know, I'm expecting, of course, it's the Vanilla Ice new metal album. You're going to hate this from the rooter to the tutor. You're going to hate every single thing about this. But yeah, as you listen to it, it's like, huh, you know, like that part sounds kind of solid. It does do some things right. Yeah, the fucking drums sound kind of fresh, like the percussions, you know, the snare's really tight, you know? There are some drum breaks on this album that are really fucking good. Yeah. And it's like, it sucks that it's buried on this. It's like, yeah, you know? no one's listening to this album. <laughs> I, I'm just going to skip real quick um, to what I would consider to be the worst track on the okay. album. Okay. Um, I don't think Rav made it to this point, so... For your benefit, I uh, highlighted some lyrics. RC, I don't know okay. if this is your lowest rated song, but it certainly is mine. And just looking through the track listing, I probably could have told you this going in. The horny song? Oh my lord. Oh, I didn't need it. I didn't need it. I'm going to pull up the lyrics for myself just to see because I didn't hear the song. Yeah. Right off right off the tail of last week where we reviewed uh, Drake's uh, Scorpion. There's a track on that album where he goes in detail about all of the sexy things he wants to do. And I think that was also my least favorite song of that album, which isn't to say that a sex song can't be good or enjoyable. But when you come off so sleazy, so douchey, oh my God. The hook in and of itself, like his voice all throughout the album. Here I come, here I come. Oh, no. Wait, what? Wait, wh- how does the hook go? The hook is just like, here I come, here I come, oh here I come, 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 
it sounds like the mics, the mic's slightly too close, and you can hear every awkward <laughs> little like you know tick that he has in his vocals. Here I come, baby. Here I come. Jesus. Jim Carrey is fucking dubbing him or some shit. It's so awkward. That's oh not the worst God. it gets. I have these two bits highlighted, and I'm sorry for everyone who's about to hear these. Oh, no. You're like high altitude in a Learjet, working them hips like a piston in a Corvette. Slow down, or I'll have to pull you over. Oh, Search your handcuff you, and do a move on you. You got a GWB, stands for girl with a body. Oh. Pump it like a hottie. Get out of Yo. here. Okay, but there's more. Oh. There's more, unfortunately. <laughs> what you trying to do? Make the ice melt? Don't you know my cream is good for your health? You know you want to shake what your mama gave you. You're getting real hot. Now I'm gonna spray ya. Rub it in like lotion. Juices flowing everywhere like water in the ocean. You got that hourglass figure. Uh, all the right moves. And you know I want to dig ya. Got 31 flavors. Know what I mean? And I want to take a dip in your ice cream. Oh man! This Didn't is that. bottom of the fucking Didn't barrel. The fucking worst. I still can't get over the hook and the way that you say he says it. It makes me think of like when I was uh, really young. My friends and I had this joke about the uh, Santa Claus is coming to town song. <laughs> oh, yeah. where it goes like you better watch out, and we just go you better watch out, you better watch out, you better watch out, and. And it would be like just very scary and like he's constantly approaching you and like, here I come, here I come. Just looking at these lyrics, it, 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 it's like ramblings of a madman, you know? Like, uh, then you get Fuck Me, uh, a diss yeah. track to himself, I think. Okay. Oh, oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, he, he knows what's what he's calling himself out, except not really, though. No. No. You know, it's not it's, like it's a song it's where weird. he like dresses himself down like like you were this guy and I'm gonna deconstruct mentally, you know, like the journey that she went through and I was like, no, it's just like the most cheesy, oh, did you hear Vanilla Ice dissed himself sort of things like at the tail end, he's like, fuck you, Vanilla Ice, you fucking trailer park, yuppie bastard bitch, ice ice baby fucker, and on the hook, he sounds so awful, where he says like, uh, fuck you, there ain't nothing you can do, and, he, and you hear him in the background saying, you whack bastard. I was like, what is that? Is that like the SpongeBob impression? Is that like the SpongeBob meme where he's like doing the like, you know, <laughs> like imitating? Chicken. Yeah. The vibe I got isn't a self uh, diss. It it almost just felt like he was making fun of people dissing him. That's the vibe yeah. I got. Like, th- like throwing it back in their face because it really felt like. I wrote down another Primal Scream uh, song of self-expression where he's just getting it all out of his system, this this pent-up, built-up frustration he's felt with uh, criticism he's got from the fans, uh, from the people who thought he wasn't real. I wanted to mention this real quick. Uh, Vanilla Ooh, Ice will. appearing on Arsenio Hall. Um, oh, I've seen that. I've seen that. Di- oh, my God. So, oh, no. But I watched it way many years ago, so I, 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 I saw it. It's really cringy. Um, Arsenio is ah. trying to ask Vanilla Ice the real questions. Check this out. I want to do something, man. Okay. Before we get into all this stuff, I want to give a special shout out, and I want to bring a homeboy of mine out here. 
Flavor Flav, and Flavor Flav just rolls out on stage, and he's like, hey, what up, G? And he, like, hugs Arsenio, and he's like, hey, Ice, what up? And he's like, hey, I love y'all, and then he just leaves. That sufficiently wasted a little time, but we still gonna get to the issues, Ice. <laughs> I think what he was trying to do is that I'm Man, okay. With the black people look. I got. Yeah, I got exactly. I've got a black look. friend. Yeah, I got a black friend. Arsenio actually says that straight up to him later in the interview. He says, "Is that why you brought out Flav to show that you had a black supporter?" And the audience, because they're a bunch of Vanilla Ice stands, boo Arsenio because Whoa. for the first minute of the video, the f- the audience won't shut the fuck up, screaming like it's goddamn Beatlemania. And he goes on to talk about how, like, as a white rapper, he's got it hard because people don't take him seriously. Like you know, it's like ha right in your face, you know. So this is a, a, a white rapper being suppressed kind of uh, revenge. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. <laughs> he just cannot wait to get Ice out off his fucking stage, because whatever joke he tries to go for, Arsenio's like, <laughs> yeah, but like, what I asked was, and just goes <laughs> immediately back. Talking about like, people thinking he's not real, at what point were we ever supposed to think you were? Oh, I mean, uh, with the the Ice Ice Baby where he's talking about gunshots ringing out like a bell. (laughs) Well, that's true. He brings that up in the interview, how he's like, you know, I was stabbed five times. I almost died. I'm not proud of that. And, like, Vanilla Ice is one of these deals where, like, I believe he had hard shit happen to him, but I can't take it seriously when you look like he did when your whole like stage performance was what he did like you look like a cartoon it's like with mc hammer it's like yeah it turns out he was you know down with some oakland dudes that were like fucking you know with that life but you did the fucking hammerman cartoon he was a little cartoon (laughs) what do you what do you expect me to think Gramps opened up the bag and he took out the magical shoes uh, and he no. soon began to groove. Oh, we, we, don't That's need need to we don't need to tell the viewers the story. They know. They, they know what's up. Everybody knows the legend, uh, the fucking legend of Hammerman. In the, in the third verse of the Fuck Me song, he's like, one short life and I can't die. Some got more bricks than a motherfucking porcupine. Still, I'm waiting, waiting to die because I burn like your mother says, boil like your father's pride. This doesn't, like, again, this is supposed to be, like, the diss song to himself. Like, so is this what the haters are saying to him? Ooh, ooh. It doesn't make sense. You burn like your mother says. What? Well, who says, like, ooh, my pride is boiling? Yeah, what are they talking about? Like, surely you could have come up with other expressions. There's so many, countless expressions in the world. And I, I feel like that's what ultimately goes back to. I don't care if Vanilla Eyes grew up in the fancy-ass suburb. I don't care if he grew up in the hood, and the slums, whatever, right? He, at the end of the day, if I'm going to judge you for your musical merit, you can't remove that element right it has to have some sort of artistic value yeah he's not good at a fundamental level of communicating ideas in ways that don't sound clumsy i would much rather listen to i'd listen to fred durst any day over this show oh yeah and i don't want to listen to fred durst no but he's definitely got catchier songs and better ideas than anything on here absolutely I don't think Limp oh. Biscuit has any albums on worst albums of all time lists like this is on countless. No. Well, also, uh, what's interesting about this song is that it, it really, it, this is another 90s 
uh, and the early 2000s trope where people would like, oh, people are attacking me, so I'm gonna like mock them and like, oh, oh yeah, people say I'm fuck you. What's what? Yeah, I'll I'll basically embody that hate so that way they they can't hurt me. But he's saying things like, oh fuck Vanilla Ice, he eats shit. Fuck him. Like that's not a diss. No one's that, saying that's that. Vanilla like, Ice. Like it's not in any way like saying any of the actual like. Deep no, it doesn't address any of that. Yeah. Right, none none of the culture vulture shit is addressed here. None of the fact that you know he's just a fucking idiot. None of that is being yeah. addressed. Um, like nobody said out here is like, oh, fuck Vanilla Eyes. He keeps eating shit. Oh, it's disgusting. This fecal matter eating monster. We got a whole lot of songs on here that are really kind of nothing tracks like zigzag stories zigzag stories what the fuck like it's a song that acts like it's gonna be about like oh like it's gonna be some fucking afro man oh zigzag stories we're gonna gather around i'm gonna tell you about all these weird times where i got high and weird shit happened i was smoking some weed the other day i rolled a fat blunt and i ripped it this way and guess what happened there was this hot chick that showed up and her name was like mary jane and it was like yo because because get it because like i'm smoking weed it's like such an anti-story it's like well yeah i already knew you were smoking weed like what you said that already (laughs) there is a really good uh drum and bass bit later on where like the dude on bass guitar is fucking killing it and the dude on drums is is killing it insane (laughs) minus the vocals yeah i'm telling you like as a as a generic uh new metal album this doesn't do half bad but once you got vanilla ice rapping over these songs that's when it falls apart which brings us to what nobody asked for let <laughs> the let's, new metal let's just say right now all right too cold the 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 the, the new metal remix of ice ice baby i'm gonna just come out and say it i i didn't think it was that bad like no <laughs> for what no. i was expecting <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, it's like, oh, all right. The only positive thing about it is that it's not the whole song. Like, I think he leaves <laughs> off, like, the whole third verse. That, he knew when like, he cut it off. Hey, one avenue! Like, like that part's yeah, not in yeah, there. Yeah, you can't be saying all that, but good shots ring out like a bell. <laughs> Did I stop? No, I just rolled by. That whole part is taken yeah. out. Like... <laughs> What I like about that song is that the first three words basically summarize my overall sentiment listening to the album. All right, stop. Didn't like this one, surprisingly. I didn't like any of them, though, so um, I don't think... Spoilers, I, I, don't, I, don't, I didn't think any of these songs were good. But that's the thing, also, the fact that <clears throat> once you start getting this deep into the album, you start to look for redeeming. Yeah things about the album like oh that's pretty okay that's That's possible i would have heard too cold earlier i would have been harsher on it but like by this point you're already just in the muck of this sound so you're like well you know it's not too bad it's like opening up a lunchbox and all the food is rotten and then like picking through like the piece and being like well this is almost edible (laughs) (laughs) exactly like my body might find some sort of nutrient or two out of this that may serve me positively maybe like that's you know i don't know i will say as some positives stomping through the bayou if it wasn't for the stomp Stop! That was the best track with the little switch up between the hook and the verses. It's pretty fucking solid. I hate to say it. If it didn't have that whack chorus, (laughs) it would have been pretty damn good. Yeah, the the chorus that's totally ripping off Killing in the Name of. (laughs) Stop it through the bayou! Stop! (laughs) And there's also... Um, the, the last track's not bad either. The one that he's barely on. 
where they're just freestyling and it's just like, oh, you can tell, yeah, they're just kind of like going off and the first guy kind of sounds like, uh, uh, it actually sounds like the dude from West Side Connect, the, uh, you know, uh, make them rap his gold, love all off like that tin in the painting. Like that totally sounds like, uh, I think, yeah, WC is the one with the very like slippery, weird flow. And I was also kind of pleasantly surprised to hear old Jimmy Pop of Bloodhound Gang on Snafu. I thought he wasn't bad either. Uh, See, I guess. <laughs> I think he fits the style more yeah, he fits. than Vanilla Ice did. <laughs> so it felt like more of a natural fit. Yeah, it's like that, like, man, if this guy was here this whole time, this would have been tolerable. Yeah. <laughs> He's not bringing his A material. The last song I heard on this album was Prozac. Um... And I absolutely hated it for a million reasons. Uh, I love that he says, stop as I drop this bomb, blow up this place like another Vietnam. I think he's got a misunderstanding. Vietnam, I think, I, I think he's, yeah, I think he's making a mistake there with, between Vietnam and Japan, but like, that's fine. Historical inaccuracies aside. Yeah, that, that aside, the hook is really what's the worst thing. He said, we get crazy uh like prozac come on man that's i mean it's just so it's offensive it's incredibly offensive it's uh and i i guess it's just a, a very 90s thing prozac is an antidepressant you know you're not crazy if you're taking prozac it increases your reuptake of serotonin that's all it really is so it's it's it, it basically makes it less likely that you're if you're having like depression that's coming from largely a chemical standpoint, you're less likely to just be in that, you know, place if you're on Prozac. It's basically training wheels uh, for for therapy and all that, right? So that you're in... Oh, we don't have time for that. You got you to hear the lyrics about how he's cool like the ice or vanilla. Hear my flavor. <laughs> I can't believe he did that. I, I'm still baffled how he's got a song called Prozac, which, yes, extremely tasteless and unnecessary. Two tracks later, it's a, so it's a song about how he has attention deficit disorder. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. The fucking, fucking tone deaf, like... Lucas shit. <laughs> I'm so confused by this. Like, why would you be making these terrible statements and then be like, no, seriously, though, my situation. Like, yeah, okay, what? Oh, it's, it's so he can set it up with these lyrics where he's like, oh, uh, get with the style I'll be using and there's no dissing and here's a quick lesson. I carry off with a lesson. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if it's partially also because, you know, ADD uh, was a hot topic in the 90s uh, of discussion, but I, I don't think people look at it the same way as other mental health. Um, yeah. Uh, issues because oh ADD oh he can't focus you know even though ADD is serious, I, I've got ADHD and depression mm. and for me both of these things are equally a very uh, equally very large parts of who I am as a person yeah. and how I experience my day-to-day -day life but I again the thing is even though I, I do think Prozac is tasteless I don't expect something tasteful from Vanilla Ice I can't yeah. even feel really offended because it's just he's an idiot, right? Yeah. You don't feel offended at an idiot saying stupid things. Yeah, if you feel offended, that means you had better expectations yeah. going into it. Um, I will say, though, the ADD song was probably, like, m the most enjoyable purely because I think he was rapping on it the least. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> Whenever he was rapping, it was like a very like low key sort of thing where it's like, oh, this is just kind of like a part of the beat, so it's not really like paying. You know what I mean? It's just like part of the fabric of the song. Yeah. And in the hook, where he's saying like, you know, I can't hide from myself. I just can't be myself. Like, I want to peel my skin off and hang it from the shelf. Like, these were lyrics where I was at least going like. I can believe that Vanilla Ice would feel this way. You know, I can believe that Vanilla Ice hates being himself and wishes he could peel his skin off. You know, like, it has yeah. nothing to do with ADD, right? But I believe him still. And what I do also believe, yeah, there's some the most believable lyrics are on this song because he says also at one point, uh, "Die from no pain, a minimal brain." And I was like, yeah, minimal brain for sure. You have the smoothest coconut uh, <laughs> for a brain, and. Uh, Damn, I'm like an idiot when I go insane. That also I agree. <laughs> yes. Once you get to Stomping Through the Bayou, which is like my favorite track. That's it's like, a clear in a way best one. Yeah. Yeah. For the switch up, uh, the first part was more like driving, you know, it has like the more like uh, faster tempo. And then like you feel the satisfaction of the crunching punch when it hits that killing in the name of part, you know. So like, yeah, purely because of how that switch up happens. That's what, like I, that's how I'm able to get the enjoyability out of that. You know what I mean? Maybe I should listen to that one. I've, I didn't. I, know, I didn't. Hear I that actually. Song, so I yeah, I'd recommend it. It's it's not a bad cut. If you didn't tell me it's Vanilla Ice, I probably wouldn't be able to guess. Honestly, yeah. what's really funny is you'd hear it and I'd be like, hey, that's pretty dope. Who is that? And you'd be like, Vanilla Ice. And I'd be like, wow, cool. So that's what he was doing in the late 90s? Maybe I should check out there and be like, no, 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 no. Right, yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> literally the only one. Uh, the whole rest of the album is shit. You don't need to hear any, re- any more of it. To me, though, even if it's kind of okay, if it turns out to be an okay song, there's so much great and good music out there. You don't have right? to waste your time. You don't <laughs> yeah. have to put yourself through this. This maybe has some historical value and comedic value. <laughs> yeah, overall, you're probably you're at okay. The end of your music intake, and you're like, I've listened to like all the songs that I like. Hmm. I yeah. wonder if any bad musicians have one or two good songs. That's when you can get, like, maybe come to this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's definitely like a pride in knowing bad music, right? It's kind of like. You know, when you meet someone who's never watched Birdemic before, ah, right? Right. you're like, oh, okay, like, hold oh, on, let me know. let me put you on, yeah, let me put you on game. <laughs> and it's the same with really bad L albums, yeah. right? Where it's like, have you ever heard this? And they're like, no, you're like, oh, okay, you're about to have a great time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember me and my friends in college, we listened to the Shaq Fu album. That was... <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, that's a great example. Exactly. It's It still has entertainment value in, in how bad it is, right? And how serious it was taking itself. Hey, uh, RC, what overall score did you get for this? Uh, I gave it a one and a half. And that felt too high, honestly. But it was purely because of the musicality of like, holy shit, like that snare and that percussion sounded pretty solid. Like, holy shit, if we had Rage rapping over this exact same instrumental, this could be incredible. You know what I mean? Like, I hear the potential of it, but it's just sloppy enough where it's just like no but then vanillizes it's still here <laughs> you know i am not proud to report that i got a two. Oh wow look at you so a smidge higher than Being yours too nice to vanilla ice look at you i'm telling you man it's really the instrumentals that <laughs> saved really, it I, I feel you though yeah they carry a good bit of this album and it's just like, man, you're ruining it. Uh, everything else here is pretty okay to honestly good. But yeah, it's not worth sitting through everything else to listen to it. Never. Absolutely. 
would have listened to this if it wasn't requested by uh, by listeners. So you can always yeah, say thank that that's you so much. <laughs> that's that's the fucking uh, aside from the um, monetary uh, support. That is definitely a, a pretty big uh, part of this. Is like you're broadening my experience. I got I, I got XP from this. You know, I'm the person who likes going to insane clown posse songs and being like, oh, hey, but uh, this one's actually kind of interesting. So, like, I enjoy, like, trudging through the shit of music to find what's like, oh, but if you look at this one, this is actually not too bad. You know what I mean? It's really cool that you guys do get recommended this kind of stuff, uh, old jokes aside, because uh, I don't think anyone else is talking about these things. And uh it's kind of curious it's like these little cultural curiosities that are lost in time and most people didn't sort of even notice so it's it's kind of interesting and i guess it's fun to see how low one's bar can get in terms of expectations for music <laughs> or and also how stuff from 98 that we've never heard before kind of ages and how it plays in 2020 like maybe right. it's considered one of the worst albums of 98 but does it play does it hit different in the modern day? Yeah. No, not really, but it can. There's <laughs> well, a potential. Yeah, kind of worth the effort. <laughs> I think it's so funny when I was reading up on the production and the guy who produced this album, who I said before is very accomplished. Um, he was told by the label, like, do not work with Vanilla Ice. He's going to destroy your, like, career. He's going to bring you down with him. Everybody was like, no. And the producer said, well, if, if nobody wants me to work with them, then I got to work with them because that's like punk rock. Like, you know, it's I punk rock. I want to go along with the sentiment, you know, just like that sort of like, oh, giving the guy a shot, you know, when everyone's got, saying he's yeah, down. He's the fucking underdog. <laughs> no one wants to give him a shot. I got to see what he's got to say. And when, when Vanilla Ice is saying like, hey, I want this to be hard and dark. You're like, whoa, a hard, dark album from the fucking Ice Ice Baby guy. Yeah, I need to hear this. And then it comes out and like Rav mentioned earlier, doesn't chart. And then the very following album, I think, is self-produced and released on an independent label so that relationship uh didn't pan out either that punk rock relationship didn't pan out as previously mentioned with the with the listener requested album reviews if you're listening and you think that this is appealing to you and you have an album that either you like and you want to hear our thoughts on you want to Maybe turn us on to it. Maybe something we haven't heard before you want to um, share with the class or something you want to torture us with. People have been known to do that also. It is reduced for the rest of the month of November, which is not a lot of time. So um, I actually, by the time this goes up, you might only have one day left, uh, depending on if this goes up on Saturday or Sunday. But um, Kofi.com. That's ko-fi.com slash going off. That's G-O-I-N-O-F-F. The price of a request is reduced by 10 bucks, so that means your album review would now be $50 instead of 60 And if there's an album that you produced yourself and you want to bring it to us and get our thoughts on your work, it is 60 instead of 70 So you have a little bit of more time to take advantage of that deal. It's like a Black Friday deal. For the whole month of November. So time is running out. When is uh, the album dropping? Or, yeah. Uh, 
27th so oh, okay uh, so it, it will be out by the time it this goes been, up yeah exactly yeah yeah i'm on to me right i don't have it open yes okay yeah yeah i'm on uh, yeah i'm, on, uh, to I'm me. on to me i love the fucking was it like fiverr promo video oh yeah 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 that was great <laughs> i love that fucking music video <laughs> dude that, that video was so fucking Thanks, pretty man. i loved it Oh man, thank you. And the album thank is, is great it. also, obviously. I feel like that goes without saying, but I will absolutely tell you that that album is great. It's very sweet of you. Thank you. I'm curious to see how people are going to receive it. It's definitely not like uh, what I think people have come to expect from me and not necessarily an indication of where I'm going, but a uh, very important time capsule for me and a moment of catharsis. I'm like... Because it's not out at the time we're recording this, I'm I'm still like really anticipating just having it out because, you know, for a lot of artists, making music is very cathartic. For me, it's only about half of it. The, the release is a big thing because I'm, I talk about very uncomfortable experiences and thoughts. And uh, as a very deeply insecure person, I find strength in putting it out there into like the public because it feels like, look, I'm not scared to talk about these things. And it starts to feel like I own, uh, you know, my shortcomings. So I'm looking forward to that moment of releasing it and feeling like I can let go of a lot of these things and just continue uh, on my path forward. So, yeah, I'm excited. I'm on to me is out now. You can stream it on all streaming platforms. And uh, yeah, I'm on to me is just a, an embarrassingly intimate account of a number of arduous personal experiences and emotional discoveries that I underwent this year. And uh, I was actually working on an entirely different album at first, but ended up having to put it on hold like aside as I felt an urgent need to address uh, a gross festering wound and now i'm making people look at it so i think that's awesome where it's like i didn't seek out to do this but like it just felt like the thing to do the and that, that feels evolved yeah it feels so much more natural than like an obligation like well i guess i better do this it's like no i need to do this and it, it does come across thank you i appreciate it i mean my music is if if it were if it was like a book, it would either be a diary or a memoir. So you, there's only mm. so much you can really plan ahead. You might have an mm. idea in mind of what you're going to do, but then life, you know, tosses you a curveball, and then you're like, oh, well, okay, now I have to, I have to deal with that before I can yeah, do anything else. It, yeah. yeah. So and and so that's how my music has always been. That's how I've always made my music, and um, this time it is no different. And yeah, I'm, I'm super excited to get it out of the way so I can work on other music. And um, I appreciate you guys having me on. Thank you so much. Any fucking time. We, I, I know we say that every time, and I know I said that in the Twitter DM, and I don't mind saying this openly because I, I, it might explain why 2020 was the way it was. I get very anxious when it comes to sending emails to even friends and people we've had on the show numerous times about inviting y'all on i just get very like oh what if Aww. you know what if they're busy or what if you know like i i don't know like i feel what, like what do they want with us <laughs> get their company mixed up with us i'll always make time for you guys because you guys were there <laughs> you know 
just over four years ago when you guys first talked about Beneath the Toxic Jungle and everything. And you guys were, have been incredibly supportive and cool. And I enjoy the discussions we have. You know, it doesn't... Uh, it doesn't. It never feels like a laborious thing to come come on here. It always feels fun, and it's something that I look forward to. And you don't even have to send me an email; just DM me. You know, keep the. I like to keep things pretty informal. And oh yeah, yeah. we're podcasting today. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, especially because it's just I'm I'm, uh, I don't know. I I, I feel like. I just, I just want to, I, I do a lot of things and I want to do a lot of things. And so I never notice how much time passes. So mm. the other day when I, w- when I was hitting you guys up, I was like, when was the last time we talked? I'm like, oh my God, it's been more than a year. Yeah. Well, I want to thank everyone listening. Also, um, obviously I want to thank you for joining us um, and taking the, the time out of, out of your, out of your schedule to sit down and chat us up. And anyone who might have never listened to the show before today, I'm sure that happens. Uh, all of our old episodes are on. Yeah, there's someone out there who's like, I wonder what someone on the internet thinks of the hard to swallow vanilla ice album. The, you know, the, they they hit the Google search of quote hard to swallow quote review quote podcast and they hit that on google on a weekly basis and it never brings up any results much to their dismay this week will be the moment they've been waiting literal years they're lucky oh my god the grin the christmas gift the christmas miracle that we will give this one person who's been googling this very specific topic year after year we do it for you. And if you are just happen to listen and you think, well, what other albums have these two fools reviewed over the years, over the past, oh my god, like six years? All the rolled episodes are on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, and SoundCloud. One of those is bound to work for you. Do some catch-up over the holiday season for going off. And I'm Rap Critic, and if there was an album and everyone boos it, check out the show while the podcast reviews it. Off, off, baby. Do, 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 do. We're going off, off, baby. Do, 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 do. <laughs> but it's not his song. See, I put a little, I put a little bitty ching in there. So it's, like, <laughs> it's like my original song. Dude, you single-handedly saved hip-hop. <laughs>